Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to sleep through a uni exam, Mick. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Our first co-host is the man voted most likely to sleep through a golf day. He actually planned because he was because he couldn't handle his piss. Welcome, Alex. Yep, let's go to the self that boys. Hey, 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 no, <laughs> Next up, the man voted most likely to sleep through a podcast because he's in Vegas and thinks recording at 3 a.m. Vegas time is a little unreasonable. Welcome, David. <laughs> Almost had to cut my evening short to make that podcast. <laughs> and lastly, and not leastly, finally, the man voted most likely to sleep through episode 139 of the podcast <laughs> he started. Welcome, Ross. <laughs> Uh, good to be here. Thanks, Mick, for that introduction. I actually have um, a statement here I'd like to read out <laughs> about the last episode. Um, so I'd just like to start with some weasel words. I said, if anyone was offended by what I did last episode, then I apologise. <laughs> Not what I did was offensive, so I apologise. <laughs> if you found it offensive, then I apologise. <clears throat> now, I've had a good hard look at myself. And turned over a new leaf for the new year. But let's retrace. To my non-appearance at the last podcast, I let myself down. I let the mid-off team down. I let my family down. I let off the mid I let down the mid-off brand. I let down the mid-off brand ambassadors. I let off our let down our sponsors. I let down the mid-off marketing team who worked so hard to increase our brand. Uh, but most of all, I let down podcasting. And as we all know, <laughs> podcasting and sound quality is everyone's business. So <laughs> apologies for that. And it's good to be back. And I'm looking at going for 100% strike rate this year. And so far, I'm on track. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Thank you, Roscoe. So welcome on all the Frederick Harold Sock Company studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. And speaking of people getting let down, let's talk about the third test squad announcement in cricket news. And Joe Burns has finally been let the fuck down and he's gone. So, in the words of Jeff Buckley, hallelujah. So, Joe Burns, he's, he's been named in the Brisbane Heat side to play in a couple of days. So, he's not just gone, he is fucked right out the door to the BBL. You might do what AB said and just go slog a few and try and find his form. So, um, yeah, so with Burns out, that brings in David Warner. Will Koski has recovered from his concussion. And Sean Abbott has been brought into oh. the squad as well. So, Sean Abbott's obviously just been brought in to be a netballer, I think, because there's no way the bowling's changing. Um, Unless Green goes out and they put Abbott in for an extra bowling option. Yeah, I don't know. So they reckon he's in form with a bat, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I'm not I sure. Um, so, anyway, the common theme in the media is that Warner and Harris or Puck will come in at the top. Head will also get dropped and Wade will drop down the order. Mm. I personally believe that Dave Warner should be left out. Yeah. As we know, he loves... He just enjoys it, loves it, batting with Joe Burns. Yeah. And with Burns not being there, we shouldn't be forcing Warner to do anything that he doesn't enjoy. Yeah, so exactly. I think he should be left out as well. Yeah. So we'll just go with, um, I think we I think we fuck off head, make him go down the middle. We'll bring in Harris and Pekoski and see if we can get 500 for the first week and actually set a test up, we can win. Hanscom, Harness hasn't been making any runs. Maybe Hanscom could be yeah. three. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Brad Hodge, he looking good in the com box. Yeah. Get him in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Trav Dean may as well come in. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, number three. Hasn't played for Victoria run. this year, but get him into the Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. team. New South Wales style. Gavin Robertson hasn't played for New South Wales two years. I'm oh, just picking for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Trav sort of Dean stuff. has to replace the ugliest bloke in the team, though. Off to what? Manus. Yeah, Manus. His oh. eyes are way too... They've both got eye issues. Oh. Trav Dean has small eyes of a crab. <laughs> Manus's eyes nearly touch each other when he fucking oh, goes um, cross-eyed. Manus' eyes are so close together. It's like when he goes swimming, he just wears one goggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cyclops goggle. That's all I think also it could look at. Uh, I had a mate uh, text me and say, I think they should drop Stark and bring Jim Pattinson in for the next test. Stark could do with a rest, he reckoned. Mm. No, just another mate, Jim, actually. Well, this is an interesting one. Like, someone I did read in the vein of that, I did read someone on Twitter, one of the commentators or something, basically said, like, 
Jim Pattinson is the fast bowler in Australia that can't get a game. He would basically walk into any other fucking test nation and he can't mm. get a game for us. So and do we go back to the dreaded rotation policy where we actually do rotate guys in and out and look after them physically? But that being said, they haven't played a lot of cricket, so they should all be pretty fucking yeah, unique. Think, so you know, it's, it's good to have competition. You look yeah. at Martin Love and all the folks who couldn't get a game adding in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That makes the incumbents, or well, supposed to make the incumbents be better. Yeah, well, I think we have that um, currently with the mm. batting. You know, Shane, well, at least <coughs> in the last six months, we have yeah. that. Sure, you know, we've got Krakowski and mm. um, all those other guys. Even, uh, the problem is that none of the people are getting better. Yeah. Like they did back in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. They actually scored runs and we know, yeah. someone's coming through, I better score some runs. Yeah. Now it's like, I'll just keep it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the pressure's there so we yes. don't get like, you know, I'm a, one of the biggest supporters of Trav Head, as yeah. you guys know. Yeah. But at least now we won't get him for three series in a row doing nothing. Yeah. It'll be a series and then you'll rotate through, you know, you move weight around or whatever to yeah. get a middle order yeah. bat. And the blokes who are making runs and um, Shield could actually get a fucking crack. Yeah. Which we didn't see at the start of this series. The problem we're with seeing it now. The problem with shield cricket is it starts and ends fucking three months before the test series yeah. starts because they got all the big bash going. And I think you know I might blow some smoke up the own Go on. I did predict Australia to struggle making runs because the roads are um, you know whatever it is oval number twenty six and Karen Orton Oval they were absolutely roads oh, yes. for the start mm. of the shield season. Not anywhere near what the pitches that have been put up for. Test cricket, though, we've struggled. We've only made 200 once and on the dot. I'll stop talking. Yes, so haven't, made, talk. haven't made more than 200 yet. Yeah. Worrying trend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, more than. There, Ross. Not like more that. than or equal to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like to say greater than in a mathematical sense, Ross. But, um, okay. yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Like, I read somewhere the other day, someone said, oh, Travis Head just needs to be given a go to develop more. Fucking test squad, not a development side. Like he gets, he, like someone said. I, I think Ross, you put it up. Someone was basically, I think it might have been Jeff Lemon said he he gets thirty or forty, mm. looks good, and then throws one, throws his hands outside off, and nicks off. One. Like yeah. yeah, it's just, it's not. It's, it might work at state level, but it's not a sound enough technique to work at test level. And he's getting found out. And so you might um. Sorry, you might recall that when I put together my predicted 11, I didn't have Travis Head in it for that very reason. And it's like, oh, wise judge me. This has come to fruition. <laughs> and you still might play in the third and fourth test, though. They had each other yeah. on the back. Yeah. Mm. We're all pretty fucking... Mutual weird. backslapping we're session. That's what this podcast is going to be about in 2021. Travis Head, see you later, mate. <laughs> yeah. well, great career, Trav. See you later. Yeah. And, you know, Enjoy you know, captaining always... South Australia to six consecutive last places in yeah. the year. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> breaking records, Travis Head. He's breaking records. I checked how old he was because I thought he was around 30. He's 27. So yeah. he's been captaining the SA for a while. Yeah. He would have been a pretty young selection as captain for SA. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It would have been like twenty three or something, yeah. I reckon. But that, it's a little bit. That's a little bit more common in your cricket than because yeah. they try to like take yeah, the captaincy off old blokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in a he's in a great hit of twenty one or something, didn't he? Yeah, but even wasn't Tim Payne Tazzy captain pretty young and like let's I don't not, I don't yeah, anyway. Let's speculate on something we're not sure about. Cause <laughs> well, that's basically a brand here in the speculation podcast. Peter Neville, he got it young, didn't he? Oh no, that's right. He's thirty-five and still playing, even though Tip <laughs> Madsley <laughs> chopped him off three years three. ago. Yeah. Won't, won't still going strong. Won't even play broke cricket. Won't even have a hit in the backyard. Won't even play on Christmas Day. Then won't even. Not even. Alrighty, <laughs> we'll move on from that because we've got to, we'll talk about the second test. We'll talk more about the test squad and stuff then. But look, last bit of cricket news I've got. As we know, this segment is um, cricket news and who's been a cockhead. And um, <laughs> in the in fairness, he hasn't really been a cockhead, but he is a cockhead. So we're going to talk about Adam Zampa. So Adam Zampa got rubbed out in, in the BBL, so he will miss the January second clash for those playing at home. But he's this evening against the Hobart Hurricanes as he was caught using an audible obscenity over the stump mic for the second time this year. Mm. So he was fined 2.5K 
And all I can say is that it is fuck. Um, CA and the broadcasters have put these stump mics in for the coverage and giving full access, rah, rah, rah. They know what goes on in a game of cricket. Like the other night on the stump mic, Finchie got um, caught yelling at one of his fielders saying, I didn't fucking put you there. So it's going to happen. Like it's part of the um, thing. If you don't like it, don't fucking have all the mics involved. So I think from that point of view, I think Foxtel should pay his um, fine for him. I know they won't, but they fucking should. And the fact that, like, over something like this, you're going to take an Australian cricketer, because the T20 one-day level is an Australian cricketer, (laughs) you're taking a national player out of your BBL competition and weakening it, weakening it because he probably just... Because about the end of the over, he just went, ah, fuck. Or something oh, like that. It wasn't even. A, it was wasn't a, a send off. It wasn't ending. It was a bit of a ah, fuck me bullshit. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was a misfield bloke. Yeah. in a short final lead, mm. dove over one Johnny oh, Addy yeah. style. Yeah, Sydney Harbour. I wouldn't. Uh, like, I'd be suspended before the coin toss yeah. in some of the games I've played in. For yeah. Audible obscenity. I'd be. Yeah, that's right. Because you go out to the the coin toss and the umpire says, uh, "You're calling." You go fucking heads. <laughs> <laughs> Or when it comes down and you don't, it's 35 degrees oh. and the other mob says, yeah, we'll have a bat, thanks. You're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you shake hands and then you're off. You've had your two. Then you've had your three strikes and you have to go yeah. sit in the shade while your teammates field one short for the rest yeah. of the day. I'll field a few beers yeah. while you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> we'll no fucking captain boys. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a clap. <laughs> Give him a fucking clap. <laughs> yeah, clap him fucking off. Uh, uh, yeah, let's clap this what gun off. Maybe that's what we should do. Every local cricketer, when they go back, the solidarity with them should just yeah. be as obscene as possible for the whole day. And Give after the first... You just fucking swear at the after the first ball, <laughs> and it, after the first ball, keeper should take and go, great fucking nut, mate. <laughs> really loud. First time someone gets hit on the bat, how the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fuck was that, oh, missing? How about this? Bowler's fucking name. <laughs> What's the fucking bowler's name? <laughs> uh, that's a sign you've got to get Artie Ann off the scorebook if you're hearing that cold out. <laughs> Um, I just had a couple of points there. I was just wondering, maybe Zampa hasn't been to the training module on appropriate language on the sporting field, and perhaps he needs a refresher course on that. I'm sure (laughs) during their hub time, what the fuck else are you going to do? So you might as well do a little refresher course. Australian Cricketers Association for not giving you the module. That's it. Yeah. Player behaviour. That module, module, you click on it and the link's broken. It doesn't work. Yeah. 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 Just take it off. He's done yeah, it. So PowerPoint's then, in 4 by 3 not 6 by 9 so a bit oh, of it fell no. off the screen. You can't actually <laughs> read the bottom of it. Yeah, Four yeah, ratios. And don't swear. Down ratios. The Last point on player behaviour. <laughs> don't swear. Don't One swear. Of fucking <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just wondered which of the Melbourne Stars many coterie groups will pay that fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, right and also, 80, so there's probably 75 coterie yeah, starmen. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the El- there's actually two. There's two. There's the Alpha Centauris yeah. and the Beta Centauris. <laughs> Maybe they um Clark can pay it with the money he took from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 ben probably fucking on a catering long enough. And um, it's interesting to note that the uh, that's the traditional. Um, New Year's Day BBL game of Hobart versus the Stars on the spiritual home of the traditional New Year's Day BBL game, which is Blundstone Arena. Mm. <laughs> Tradition. Alrighty, so from uh, cricket news, we're going to move on to a bit of international cricket now. So um, the only international cricket we care about, there has been other games, but... Um, we will move on. So we'll talk about the second test, which was Australia versus India, which is the box, the tr- traditional Boxing Day test from the MCG. And for those of you at home who weren't listening, the pitch had 11 mil of fucking grass on it because they kept fucking telling us over and over again. So, and it was a little bit longer than normal. But um, all righty. So when it came to it, Rahane called incorrectly. So Payne was given the choice and he chose... 
Holy. And he chose to bat. So he put his faith in Wadey and junk time Joe Burns. And that faith was repaid by Burns for nine balls. And on the 10th ball, he made a duck and fucked off. So, <laughs> ten balls, oh, yeah. Best 10 ball. Go King Joe ball, Burns. Ball, drop catch, whatever Everything. Uh, but truth be told, no one really got going for the Aussies across the innings. Marnus did get 48, but he never really looked comfortable if you watched him out there. Travis Egg got 38, and Wadey picked up 30. Steve Smith was dismissed for a duck, and the Aussies would be rolled all up for 195, short of the elusive 200 they haven't been able to get for a while. So, um, the man with the straight arm, the bends, and isn't the throw, Jasper Boomerah, was pick of the Indian bowling. He picked up four for 56. And Ravi Ashwin would take three for 35. The debutant, Muhammad Siraj, who came in to replace Muhammad Shami, who had his arm broken in the last test, which we called on the podcast and were correct. Um, he also took a couple of wickets as well. So this um, grass a little bit of pitch, a little so this pitch a little bit of grass on it, but it might have been a grass with a little bit of pitch on it. It was eleven mil long. But, um, it kind of showed against the quality bowling attack that there is a little bit of an issue in the Australian batting lineup at the moment. We've become very Steve Smith and Marnus heavy, and when they don't do the job, we look very ordinary. Which we don't. So thoughts on the first innings, boys, and then we'll touch on the rest of the game. It's nice that, um, thank you for that wrap up because I was pretty pissed by about half past four. Thank you. Um, nice that we chose to collapse first. So it's good to get out of the way early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. Like, it's just shit. Like, uh, like you said, if Smith doesn't get going and Marnus doesn't get going, we're, you know, we're a little bit in the hole. I know, sort of, um, what did I mean? No, no, that was the, you know, the first test, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if those two fall nothing, yes. we're fucked. Absolutely. Know? Especially with a fucking piecemeal opening partnership yeah. made up of a bloke who bats at number six and a bloke who's horrendously out of four. As it, what I want to know, and this might be moving it, the conversation off this topic a little bit, is that anyone oh, asked sure. Langer whether he's going to concede he made a mistake in selecting, or the selectors made a mistake with Burns? I haven't heard a lot from Langer recently. No, some, surely someone's got to ask him that question. We, now you've dropped him. You're going to say you now made a mistake yeah. and it was a mistake picking a bloke out of form and not picking blokes that are in form. Yeah. Yes, Ross. I think uh, two words sum up that scenario, Alex. Him sheet. So clearly before the first test, Lang had rung up all his mates who he played test cricket with and told them, back in Joe Burns, tell everyone Joe Burns is good because ah. Ponting and all these other blokes he'd play with, Mike Hussey, all these people was all saying, oh, Joe Burns is the right choice of hope of Joe Burns. Weren't that? It was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Like they couldn't have an independent thought. And now yeah. I've noticed, after they've dropped him, silence. Yeah. So they're sticking to yeah. the hymn shit. Well, that's what I want the journalists P- to do. Pathetic is job. what it is. Journalists need to do their well, they're not journalists. They're former question. players. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, I think though, most right. of the non, non-former player commentators were saying, like, you know, same as us, what are you doing? But yeah, all the yeah. former players are his mates he played with. Just yeah, shit. to Alex's point though, it's now that he has been dropped. Where are the journalists going? Yeah. Right, yeah. Up, admit you made a fucking mistake yeah. by picking oh, him in yeah. the first place. You know? you know, where is Gideon Haig? Where is Peter Layla? Where yeah. is yeah. Dan Breddick? Where well, is all, all these guys? Seven fucking teeth now, anyway. Aren't well, they? that's exactly yeah. right. But where are they all? Just in the conference, going right, mate. You've dropped him. Yeah. Are you going to admit? That you were wrong. Because yeah. that question. And I'll was... give you the answer now before they even ask the question. Yeah. He's fucking not going to admit it. No, because <laughs> I haven't heard. I, I yeah. agree with you. He won't admit he, he made a wrong no, decision. No, He'll no. say something like, oh, look, a couple of things where he got a good couple of balls or yeah, something, yeah. but we need to try yeah. new things. That's what he'll say. Or he'll blow up at him. And I was like, yeah. I'm waiting for the yeah, article is. Uh, I was to say Alan Langer. Langer Langer blows up a question, you know, one of those clickbait articles. I haven't seen it. What's happening? Either he has done no media, you know, maybe they do that. They go away for a couple of days over Christmas and no one hassles them. Maybe it's a thing they do, but someone should at least be talking about Mm. this. Interesting that the uh, traditional Boxing Day test started on Boxing Day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. At its um, spiritual home, too. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> I thought it might have been the 4th of January. <laughs> the hallowed, hallowed turf. Anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting. Just, just start on the 27th. Yeah, just yeah, be better. Yeah. 
Start on the Boxing Day public holiday whenever it is. Twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, test match. so we'll head back to the test match. So Indian opener uh, Agarwal was joined by Edmonton. Jubman Gill, who everyone said so quickly, I swear to God, it was fucking Stuart McGill opening the batting for a while there. But um, he replaced Privy Shaw, he was given the chop. Agarwal was removed for a duck and had the Aussies up and about. But old mate Shubman Gill would get 45. There was a lot of nicking and a little bit of luck involved, if we're going to be truly honest about it. But he got 45 on debut, so well done to the young man. The rest of the Indian batting was standing skipper Ajinko Rayane, who took who took he made 112 before he was run out by Jadeja, who was who got 57. As we have learned from this recent tour, Jadeja will now captain Indian test in the Indian test side in the third test of the SCG. That day, it's like it's like the um, it's like the royal family. You just chop off the head of the bloke first, next in line, and you take his job. So that's how that works. Um, that's good. Uh, Ravinder Jadeja is a serious cricketer. Um, yeah, he actually, he, did, he played I, really, really He well. gives him a lot of, um, um, well, he's better. He's got, when he bats, he's, he's way better batsman than you'd think. Yeah. yeah. And um, then his bowling's quite handy too. And he, he also, he's got that bit of an aggressive streak. They're saying after Adelaide how, you know, they wanted, uh, it might be worth trying to get a more out there character into the team, yeah. like with Coley gone. And I think they've found a real good one there. Yep. He's got a bit of the old Coley personality before oh, Coley yeah. became a statesman of cricket mm. that he suddenly turned into mm. recently. One thing about Jadeja is if he wants to be a serious cricketer, you've got to stop celebrating 50. Yeah, I know. Oh, if you get to 100, you can celebrate. And when you've just burnt your skipper, mm. maybe just give it a little bit of a nod of the head and a little, oh, shit, sorry, yeah. boys. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep going. I'm not going to pull out the big fucking lightsaber lock. I think that's got something to do with his heritage, so I probably yeah. shouldn't be too, um, uh, too harsh on him. I just and like his head. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I think you missed a trick, too. Next time an Indian bloke uh, gets dropped, of the Akash chopper. Oh, oh, good. Very good. Yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I also like uh, Jadeja's hair. It's big. <laughs> he, has a, he has a twirly moustache too. Yeah, he's I got that too. He's, he's got some serious stuff about him. Yeah. During yeah. that partnership between Rahane and um, Jadeja, I think Australia lost their way with the bowling a bit. They tried to look this short trash. Yeah. They tend to do that, don't they, when they're not getting... Yeah, yeah and it's just mm. short. And then half the balls are fucking hip high on the, you know, on leg stump, yeah. and they're just getting off around the corner, and the pressure was completely off those two batsmen. And I don't know, it just thought there wasn't enough patience in the Australian batting. A bowling, sorry, yeah, um, in that bowl, period, yeah. It's all right to bowl short stuff with a brand new rock, and your bowlers are fresh. But yeah. when it's 50, 60 overs old, and you know, yeah. Cummins has already bowled 20 overs, it's a bit hard for him to back it up and just keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. agree. And I thought, oh, just bowl line and you're good enough. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. you're the best bowler in the world. Just fucking hit the top of off stump. Yeah, a good yeah. ball is still a good ball, no matter who it's bowled to. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, the Indians would end up getting bowled out for 326. Um, so, the pick of the Aussies were Mitch Stark got three for 78, and yeah. Nate Lyon got three for 72. Yeah. Whilst they do not sound great numbers realistically, they were going at twos and a bit and over. So, they actually mm. bowled a lot of fucking overs and bowled quite well. I think. Um, we miss a bit of a trick with Nate Lyon. I don't reckon. I think we've got this thing in Australia. Where we don't bowl him enough. I reckon you can bowl him at set fields and just yeah. bowl the quicks from the other ends and take more advantage yeah. of him. Like I know that's it's ridiculous to say about the man who's got the third most wickets in the history of Australian Test cricket. Yeah. But I do, I do honestly think that he could have bowled more in this Test. And it's the old thing, which is a warning saying, and it's a warning saying because it means warning would get a bowl as well. But if it seems, it spins, and with a bit of grass on the deck, it actually does give him a chance to really grip and actually turn the ball a lot as well. Which he did. He had a couple fucking turn like crazy. Yeah. So I think we missed. I know people get stuck in the whole, oh, you know, he's just an offie, and they're Indians, and they love spin and rah rah. But you know what? That means they also get out to spinners a lot in their fucking first-class group because there's a lot of spinners there. So why not actually fucking take advantage of it? also set some weird fields to yeah. like We had a, a bat pad, but there was no one in close on yeah. the offside. And they were just a cover, like yeah, a ring. Yeah. Let him, like he's a right-handed batsman, turn the ball this far. Yeah. Yeah. Let him fucking try and cover drive you. Yeah. You know, put a bloke in there and get some pressure. And that's the thing that I strange. get about Tim Payne because he's captain Tazzy for a long time. And they've had a really good league spinner down there called James Faulkner. So you think he'd be good at setting fields <laughs> 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 I 
talking about um, fielding, how good was Australia's fielding? That's oh, probably where we lost this game. Yeah. That first innings dropped five catches or something. Yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. who made runs got dropped multiple times. It's like park cricket, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, very much. Trap so. head, fucking hell. Feel to save himself. Fuck him off, kid. I've been saying yeah. this for years, <laughs> mate. But that last Trav Head one too, and I know like you can't blame someone else because it was a shit catcher. What the fuck was Cameron Green doing as well? I nearly ran into him. Yeah. Like Cameron Green's come streaming over from Gully, taking about twenty-five steps, and it's coming straight ahead at points. Like, what are you doing, there, mate? We'll see what happens when you make the big time. We're on him before this before yeah. we get the first match. Now, Barnes, we're off him. Yeah. As soon as he gets the big time. Yeah. Fielders coming in close proximity to one another. I was impressed with Jadeja managing oh, to take that catch that over the top of that. Gill yeah. going underneath. I reckon both of them would have caught it. If the first one hadn't have touched it, the second one was right there to get oh, yeah, it. It was yeah. very strange. It, very unusual. One of the best fielders in the world, Jadeja. He was yeah. going to be one yeah. of the few who was going to catch that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I had just, sorry, to, I'll just quickly yeah, finish. Sonny Gavaskar said, uh, I don't know how he knows this, he said they, the Indian fielders don't call mine. Oh. Right, so he's saying um, uh, they just they just put their hand up. That's their habit. Put their hand up, say stop. But he said the other bloke's not looking because he's yeah, looking yeah. only at the ball. And he said, I don't know why, but they don't call mine. Hmm, but you, you shouldn't call mine anyway. So, call your name. Yeah, you should call your name. Well, obviously yeah. not calling anything. Never so that's yeah, not it. They don't say anything. Yeah. All righty, so that was good. Aussies would go out to bat in the second innings, trailing by 136 runs. Joe Burns bounced back and got himself to the lofty heights of four off 10 walls before. Shockingly, this will be the last time he bats for Australia this summer as he's been dropped. Hopefully, it'll be the last time he bats for Australia ever. <laughs> uh, Matty Wade would do his best to ensure he maintains his spot as he made another 40. Cameron, did you know he's tall? Green made 45. And Travis Evans dismissed for 17 as he once again threw his hands at one outside off and nicked off. Good note for the commentators and the Aussie cricketers. Stop talking about Richard Pant fucking talking! <laughs> the Aussies would be rolled for 200. They finally got there, giving the Indians a score of 70 runs to chase down for victory. Not everything went India's way in the innings as Umash Yadav would pull up sore with a bung calf and will miss the third test and possibly the fourth test as well. The debutant, Mohamed Shiraj, would be the pick of the bowlers in the second innings, in the second Australian innings, I should say, taking three for 37. <laughs> so, um, look like the found one. Maybe he looks all right. He's got a fucking ponytail, some weird shit oh, going on. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, like, um, looks like Pat Rafter. Yeah. <laughs> weird samurai stuff. Yeah. Serve volley cross. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Um, Serve half volley. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, um, can, I, can we talk about Matty Wade getting completely sacked in by wristband punch and losing his fucking mind live on TV? Uh, I did like it. Yeah, it was good. Like, Brisbane Park just laughing all the time, whatever. Matty yeah. Wade spoke about that afterwards. And you can still see the aggression in his eyes. He fucking lost it. But so Matty Wade then plays like a full shot for two. And as he went off running, he's turned around and gone, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? But that's and just him. Matty Wade, of, of all people, he just talks absolute rubbish, as we saw in the 2019 Ashes. Just yeah, talks, yeah. Abs- you know, just makes it words that don't even make sense. Like, he's not having a go at people, he's just talking, just yeah. constantly like, dribble, 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 dribble. Oh, and he, he should have been water off a duck's back, all that yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that Wade got sucked into his own ta- tactic. Yeah, mm. and, and like. Mm. When he left the ball for the last ball before Tia won every yes. year, his pirouette and ended up in Brisbane. Yeah. And then Brisbane Pope just sort of got up and like just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, ah, so good. Embarrassed himself, yeah. anyway, I reckon. Probably the highlight yeah. of this Aussie second, second innings was Josh Hazelwood leaving the Karen ball as it just went dead straight. <laughs> And bang, he's off stump and fucking basically that was it. All said and done, see you later. Been there. Been Pretty been much there. summed up the Australian fucking test altogether. So just to knock off the rest of this game. So the Indians have chased the 70 runs in 15.5 overs, losing two wickets in the process. Our man of the match and the winner of the inaugural Johnny Mulag medal was Indian skipper Jinko Rahane. I don't really think there's anyone else who could even come in a whisper of getting it. Um, it was, um, as we noted, it's going to be rewarded to whoever's best on no matter what. So 
at, um, you know, so the Indian skipper was the best. It's probably best that was that way because otherwise it was going to be given to Matty Wade or Cameron Green who didn't really do much anyway. Oh, yeah. So they don't really deserve a medal for their efforts. <laughs> um, so ICC Championship points. India get 30. Australia get minus four as they lost points due to slow oh. over rate. That's good. And the result of this test match also led to one thing happening in test cricket for the first time in the history of Test Cricket. The Black Caps, the New Zealand Test side, is now the number one Test nation on the ICC rankings, thanks to Tim Williamson's heroics against the... Pakistan. So, so they get to play two shitters at home. Yeah. I don't know. I reckon... Are they going away in the next couple of months to play? It's not how Test Cricket works, Alex. You just line up all the crap ones and knock them off on your own decks. In fairness, we were meant to play Afghanistan before the world fell apart. That could have been the worst thing ever because Joe Burns might actually make runs against Afghanistan. So we're probably lucky that didn't happen. It probably wouldn't have, though. No, probably. Afghanistan probably would have made him look worse. A couple of... Oh, you finish, Mick. I've got a couple of points oh, no, about fielding. So that's, so that's the test. So as we know, yeah, Rahane was really, really good. So Pity's going to lose the captaincy to Jaja for the next <laughs> test. But that's the way it goes. So, you know, that's their custom in their country. So we just have to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Respect their culture. Hmm. Uh, just uh, wondering if uh, any of you could name for me, do you stri- like first ball of the test, um, Stark's got the ball in his hand. What is the cordon? Who's standing in the cordon? Matty Wade was at first slip. Right. Burns was yep. at second. Burns mm-hmm. at second. Cameron Green at Gully. Yep. Smith at third. Yeah, or Smith yep. second, Something Burns like, third. Yeah, yeah it might have been. It might be that. No, I think that would have been... Burns wouldn't have been in there. That's why Wade was in there. There was some issue. Oh, yeah, because he rolled his ankle or something. Yeah, yeah. Was, something yeah, happened yeah. and he, had to, uh, he couldn't feel the slip or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then round to... Point to Gully, you got Cameron Green, then Point was Travis Head, I think. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Wade jacked up his knee and his ankle fielding out on the fence. Mm. He twisted, he jammed his leg and hyper slimmed his knee, and then oh. as his knee straightened, his ankle went out from oh, under Jesus. and he went over the rope trying to slam him. It just that the, the difficulty we had there, I know the the weight injury. Uh, complicates it, but the difficulty we had there on naming the cordon just shows like our fielding's not at its strongest point. Yeah, because when your team is a strong fielding team, you know, first slip is this, second slip is this, yeah, third slip yeah. is this, gullies this, points this guy, yeah, bang, you know your who feels where. yeah, you know, and they've done it for a long time, they're very good at it, and then you know, oh, if the spinner comes on, then this guy goes to first slip, bang. Yeah. To have Cameron Green come in in his first test and go straight into gully, yeah. And Just he's not... An, you don't look at him and go, yeah, he's a gun field lock. Say yeah. Maxwell coming in. He could go yeah. wherever he yeah. liked, yeah. right, yeah. when he come into a test side. Because you Cause, know he's a gun field Because Warner's a normal gun. So he's not there. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that's it. part yeah, of it, yeah. too. Yeah. So, Cam Green. And, and I think they don't like putting Manus there because they like put Manus under the lid, which then means you have to move the gully yeah. out. Yeah. Because Manus is usually like third slip if he's not under the lid. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Manus Smith. Yeah. Anyway. Is it Cam, normal that a, that a keeper would, if a keeper's not fielding with the gloves on, that they'd be in the slips? I just think it's odd that Wade is only in the slips because he was sort of injured. Yeah. Maybe he yeah. moves well. I think yeah. he's got a good, he's got a cannon arm too. So I think yeah. they like putting him where if they need, like, he seems to feel like mid off and mid on, throw it back in. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a personal preference with keepers. Yeah. I know I didn't mind yeah. fielding in slip, but the angle is different. Yeah. Completely yep. different position. To yeah. Keep. Even though it's only like two steps away. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, I just think it's interesting that we seem to have um, perhaps a collection of uh, batsmen who are not they're, they're good fielders, I'd say, rather than great. And Steve Smith's a good example of that. Like, uh, you know, we need to get um, Rob Moody on to catalogue all these horrendous drops of sodas. Yeah, yeah. Because he, takes he good does ones, it. But yeah. He takes good ones, yep. But he's but he not. He drops a, a lot of. Yeah. He drops a lot, and and every time he drops one, all the commentators go, "Oh, geez, you don't see that much." And it's like yeah, he dropped yeah, an absolute soda in the ODI, yeah. feeling on the yeah. fence. He didn't move. He didn't have to even take a step. And then he dropped that soda in Melbourne. There, it's like he does it, and he's mm. not. He takes yeah freakish runs in that, but he's not um, Mark Wall or something. Yeah, 
Yeah. All righty, and that's um, that wraps up the Jonty Road section of our podcast as we talk about fielding. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> from there, we're going to quickly uh, touch on some BBL results and we'll go through the Camborgus votes and the Jay Dernbach slash Andrew Johns medal. So um, we head back to the match that was going on while we were recording our last podcast, and that's match 11. So Sydney Sixers would defeat the Adelaide Strikers by 38 runs. Strikers uh, sent the Sixers in. Uh, Sydney will get five for 177. They were truly struggling. And then Big DC come out, Dan Christian, and smashed 50 off 16 balls. For the, I think it was the equal second fastest 50 in the history of the BBL. Uh, Dan Hughes had a bit of a flurry at the end, too, to get 46 red. Uh, best of the strikers bowling was Penis in the pitch. DJ Dan Wiley got two for 12. Strikers would get seven for 139 in reply. Didn't get the runs all use all their wickets. Disgraceful. <laughs> Jono Wells, little little tiny Jono, got 36 red. And Phil Salt and Pepper got 28. Uh, Sock got two for eight. Cheers. Well done, buddy. Um, <laughs> so the votes in the August. Uh, Dan Christian got three. Daniel Hughes got the two. And Sock got the one. For some reason, I wrote Sock's figures instead of writing one vote. So there we go. Mm. Uh, Jay Dernbach was for Matt Renshaw. He just stunk it up. I still, oh, I just, I, it's not the format for him, but clubs, but sides, because there's so, because there's the two extra teams, he's one of those guys that just gets a game. It's like the AFL, there's some guy getting a game on the Gold Coast that doesn't deserve a game, but there's extra teams, so there's fucking. Like... Um, so, match 12, uh, Sydney Thunder the first scorches by seven wickets. Thunder won and decided to have a field. Scorchers would get five for 152. Big Mitch Marsh, the Bison, would get 52 red. And that cheating cunt who likes yoga would get 34 not out. Uh, ben Cutting would take one for 16. Uh, Thunder would get three for 156 in reply. Oh, Ferguson, retirement tour is going very well. He got 61 red. <laughs> and young Oliver Davies, who's going to play test cricket next week, I think the way the fuck commentators talk, 36. <laughs> and uh, Jason Berendorf is the best of the scorchers with one for 32. So the votes in the Borgie were Cal Ferguson got the three, the Bison got the one, and young Oliver Davies got one. Jay Dernbuck medal was Cam Bancroft because he's a fucking cheat, so he doesn't get anything. Uh, match 13, Strikers defeated Heat by two runs. Heat won and sent Adelaide in. Strikers would get six for 150. Paddy Renshaw would find some form and get 32. And little, jo- little John O'Wells would get 31. Little Johnny boy. I think of the Heat bowling was the X Factor, Xavier Bartlett, who got three for 24. Yeah. Uncle Kevin would be proud. Brisbane Heat in reply would be nine for 148. From memory, I'm pretty sure this is, is this the game with the crazy run out? No, no, that's why. Um, so Jimmy Pearson will get 69 not out. Oh, chop, chop. Chop, chop. And Danny Briggs will get three Ooh. for 20. Some spinner. I think he's an international player. Pom. Yeah, I think he's a pom. So um, Cam Borges votes. Jimmy Pearson get the three. Danny Briggs will get the two. And Big X, Xavier Butler will get the one. Uh, Jay Dernbach was Peter Siddle because he went at tens and over. And, well, just fucking look at him. Yeah. So, match 14 was the Thunder defeated the Renegades by a whopping 129 runs. So, the Renegades won and chose the field, and uh, they didn't field very well, it's fair to say. So, the Thunder would make 8-209. Young Oliver Davies, we spoke about earlier, got 48, and Alex Hales kicked him over the fence to get 35. <laughs> Big uh, Coldrip Kane Richardson got two for 33. The Renegades would be dismissed for 80. Aaron Finch got 20. Yeah, yeah. 80. Oh, 80. So Aaron Finch would get 20 and basically no one else got anything any good. Uh, Tanvi Sanger, who was not related to Jason Sanger, we've established. He got four for 14. And Chris Green got two for seven. So the Camborgas votes are Tanvi Sanger gets the three. Young Oliver Davies gets the two. And Chrissy Green gets the one. In a move that I didn't think I'd have to do again after doing it on the last <laughs> podcast, the entire Melbourne Renegades team was given the Jay Dernbach for this. Fuck. Yes, Roscoe. Uh, just quick one. After that, that's their second score of about 70 or 80. Yeah. After the first uh, one, I saw an interview with Kane Richardson on during the first test. on t- Channel 7 interviewed him. And he said, 
Yeah, so we lost three wickets early in that chase of two hundred. The first one was, and you don't. He said you don't. You don't win many games if you're three down early, chasing two hundred. So we went for the bonus point, and it backfired. <laughs> so good old mate Trent Woodhill yeah. and his freaking bonus point yeah. has ruined cricket, basically. So that was, I think that was those two losses so far this season that are the first and second or second and third <laughs> biggest losses in BBL history. And it's something like of the, all time. And it's something like the four biggest losses of all time are all fucking renegades. Yeah, shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Our boys. Our we, boys. Won, we won the flag two yeah. years ago. <laughs> we got more flags than Melbourne Stars. Yeah. Um, all righty. So match 15, we had the Sydney Sixers defeated the Melbourne Stars by one wicket. Sixers won and sent the Stars in. The Stars would get five for 193 with Glenn Maxwell and Nicholas Puran putting on a six-hitting competition as they as Maxwell would get 71 and Puran would get 65. Sock would once again get himself some wickets for not much as he would get two for 13. Have a cold one, big fella. Uh, but the Sydney Thunder got the job done as they would get them one ball to spare. Nine for 194. As Big Dan Hughes will get 96 runs. Uh, Liam Hatch will get three for 33 for the Stars, the son of Terry. So uh, Cam Borges medal, we've got Dan Hughes gets the three, Maxwell gets the two, and Nicholas Puran gets the one because we watched TV up and batting, not bowling, sucking guns. Um, <laughs> Turnbuck John's medal. Uh, DC got it this time. Oh, he bowled three overs for none for 45. Oh. For those playing at home, that's 15 and over. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? <laughs> that's D20 cricket. The game giveth and the game also taketh away. <laughs> So, uh, match 16, we had the Brisbane Heat defeat the Hurricanes by four wickets. Heat won and chose to field. So, the Hurricanes would get seven for 148. The RC Short would get 27. And the young leg spinner from Tassie, James Faulkner, would get 26 hey, not outs. Right, yeah. Lewis Gregory, who I do not know who the fuck that is, but he got three for 22 for the Heat. Gregory. Mm. And the Heat would get six for 152. With Sam Heasler at the top of the order with 48, who got most of the work done, as well as James Basley, who got 31. RC Short would get three for 18 with the bill. Yes, Roscoe. I I watched this game and it was bizarre. I watched the whole second innings and um, they started like a housing fire. They're none for 72 off six overs, the Heat. Then they lost six for 30 and they looked like they're going to lose the game. They were six for 102 and then Beasley scored 31. They're just was phenomenal. Um, short bowled three overs, took a wicket each over. Bang, oh, bang, wow. bang. Mm. Very, very strange. Riley Meredith had a double wicket over in there too. <laughs> so, on to the Borgus vote. So, as we said before, BBL is a bowler's game. So, Lewis Gregory gets the votes for his three for 22. Uh, two votes to ask. He's short for his 30 and his three for him. One vote to Sam Heaslett. Uh, Jay Dernbach with Will Parker, who took two overs. He had none for 27. Um, so next up, we've got match 17. So the Strikers would defeat the Scorchers by 71 runs. Perth won the flip and chose to field. The Strikers would get 165-8 down. Phil Salt would rub it in the wound and get 51. <laughs> and Rashid Khan would get 29. Jai Richardson would get three for 30 for the Scorchers. Get him back. Scorchers would get rolled for 94. Four. about it? Liam Livingston will get 22, and that's about it. Danny Briggs will get two for eight, and Rashid Khan will get two for 18. So the Borgie votes, but Rashid Khan got the three, Phil Salt got the two, and Danny Briggs got the one. Jay Dernbach was once again Colin Munro, because he shat the bed once more. Yeah, cozy. Uh, so next up, we've got the eight match 18. The Sixers defeated the Renegades by two wickets. Uh, Gage won the flip and chose to bat. They would get 168, six down. Marshall would get 67, and Finchie would get 39. Dan Christian, who, according to the commentators, is extremely pissed off. He got the ass from the Renegades last year, would take two for 19. And did he celebrate the fucking wickets he got? Jeez. Um, so Sydney Six would get eight for 169. Josh Philippe had cruel intentions with the bat as he made 48. And the big man, Jason Holder, would bomb a few sixes at the end when the, when the sixes were in big, tr- big trouble to get them over the line. And he would get 33 red. Harvard Nubby would pick up two for 11 for the Renegades. So I just battled over my computer. 
Um, and board just votes three for Jason Holder because he really did win the game at the end there. John Marsh will get two and Josh Philippe will get one. Jay Dernbach's medal was Riley Russo, the South African, because he looks like shit and he batted like shit. Rene Russo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How, did, you know did you see that catch he fucking took up? Where he dived and he like rolled up his arm and then he trapped it on his back ducks and rolled over. It's a good effort, <laughs> but fuck him. He's still got the fucking bad fellas. Sorry. Darcy Short took a good catch in the previous game. We hit it straight back at him. He sort of caught it looking Oh, backwards. that one. I did see the replay. Yeah. That was fucking That was amazing. good. It hurt his hand too. No wonder. It just went fucking so, um, Tom Cooper. I don't know the full details of this, but I've got a feeling that Riley Russo has actually cold-packed himself and gone to England. Oh really? Because I was talking about how he's young and he can no longer play for South Africa. So, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't care enough to find out full details. <laughs> um, so for those players, if, if you're interested enough in Riley Russo's life, get look on Google up. and work it out yourself. Wikipedia. Ask Alex. Askgees.com or askalex.com, yeah. also known as Wikipedia.com. Yeah. Webcrawler.com.au. <laughs> Alta Vista uh, search engine will help you out. <laughs> All the sponsors, thank you. Uh, okay, <laughs> so match 19, under played the Stars, and they would beat them by 75 runs. So Stars won the flip and out of field, so the Thunder got sent in. They would get seven for 219. Alex Hales would get 71. And Big Cal Ferguson, the fucking Johnny Farden tour rolls yeah. on as he got 51. Uh, before he got rubbed out, Zamba would get three for 49. Um, so the Stars would get rolled for 144. The Storm Clock would get 27. Chris Green, the male model, would get four for 134. Mm. Uh, so the votes, we got three for Alex Hales, two for Chris Green, one for Cal Ferguson. Uh, Dernbach was Billy Stanlake. You got run out for a duck. Oh, so one, you're behind the runs and get slogged, and then you get fucking run out for a duck, you dumb fuck. He's got the longest legs in Australia. It would have been like three fucking steps. So... Um, Match 20, we've got the Hobart Hurricanes defeat the Heat by one run. This was the match that you would have seen on social media. They had the controversial run out on the last ball. The bloke had slid, but his bat was apparently in the air, so they called it a run out. Even though he'd broken the line, but his bat wasn't grounded, so it was a run out. Uh, so the Heat would Heat won the flip and sent Hobart in. The Hurricanes would be rolled for 150. Darwood Milan would get 39, and Tim David would get 36. Uh, it was the story of that innings was the Heat bowler, Mujib Ur-Rahman, who got five for 15. So that's the wow, second wee. five for, for the BBL this summer with Pierre picking one up in, in the earlier set of games. Um, so the Heat would get eight for 149. James Basley would be 49, not out. So I'm guessing that he was running back for his 50. They were running back to get his 50 when the run out occurred. So he got 49, not out. Uh, Maxie Bryant slayed him with 32. And the music festival, Riley Meredith, would pick up three for 21 for the Hurricanes. So for the votes, unsurprisingly, three votes go to Majib, uh, two votes to James Basley, and one to the music festival, Riley Meredith. Uh, Dernbach John's medal was Chemo Paul, who went at 13.67 and over. Bowling absolute dross. Yum, yum. Um, <laughs> we almost, almost wound up for this fortnight again. Oh, so we've got games it was. They so we got playing a lot of games. Too, too many, else. too many. <laughs> Match 21. So we've got the Scorchers defeated Strikers by seven wickets. So Perth, Perth won the flip and elected a bowl. Strikers uh, would be nine for 146. Alex Carey got 82 in this game mm. and batted very, very, batted very, very well. Unfortunately, if you look at the scorecard, there's fucking absolutely nothing around him. It's all fucking single-figure shit. Uh, Jahai Richardson would get in the wickets again with three for 19. Scorchers would chase it three down for 147. Jason Roy would get 49 at the top of the overs. And young Josh Inglis would get 44 red as well. Wes Ago would pick up two for 143, wasting that long run-up because he just runs on the spot like he's on a treadmill. Uh, I must watch that more closely. Yeah, Cam Borgie, we've got three for three for Jahai Richardson, two for Alex Carey, one for Jason Roy. Dernbach was uh, down. Morrill, he got a single run and bowled not very well, but none for 35 or four. Oh, cock on the pitch. Mm. Yeah. So the final match happened last night, and this was the Sydney Funder who defeated the Renegades by seven runs due to the Duckworth Lewis. Oh, yes. 
Fuck. Oh, I love it. It's my favourite four. So the uh, Thunder won and chose the field. Originally, this game was reduced to 17 overs due to rain. Due to rain. So the, in that 17 overs, the Renegades would get six for 166. Sean Marsh was looking fucking really good. And then he got to 80, 87 and hold out on the boundary. Uh, Muhammad Nabi yeah. would also get 33 after I commented in our group that he couldn't hit the fucking side of the barn. <laughs> he hit a six literally the next fucking ball and then he swapped his bat and all of a sudden everything oh, went to the fence. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, pick of the bowling for the Thunders was Thunders or Thunder was Nathan McAndrew who got three for 41. Um, so, Sydney Thunder will get two for 117 when Duckworth Lewis stopped the game. Uh, Usman was 48, not out, or was he out? No, he was not out. Uh, Alex Hales was 45 out, and he went out to possibly one of the great catches you'll ever see. Young Mackenzie Harvey, who Finchie had commented in a previous Renegades match as arguably the best fielder in the world, and everyone kind of scoffed, took an amazing catch at point. It was full dive, like um, soccer keeper style, yeah. just fucking amazing. Really, really good catch. You know what the lesson is there? When Finty says something, that's fucking we true. fucking listen. Yeah. It's all right. It's pretty simple. So, young Mitch Perry made his renegades debut. He got, he got one for 33. He went for 22 off his first over as Alex Hales went fucking cocoa bananas and belted him everywhere. But on the very last ball was when that catch happened. So, he went for 22, but he also got that wicket and fucking got Alex Hales out. So, oh, the renegades were actually going not too badly until rain fucked us up. And there was, it was actually going to be a really interesting match. So, but. One thing that did come out of it that was really good on the during the rain on the forecast, they had a really in-depth conversation with Usman about how he dealt with being dropped and how he goes oh, about yeah. his cricket and all that. And that's just really, really, really good. He speaks well. Yeah. So if you get a chance to find it on social media, give it a listen because he actually spoke really, really well. It was a good insight into a little bit of his mindset and what happens when you get dropped from uh, Test cricket. Yes, Roscoe? What gangster clothing was he wearing? He was wearing his Sydney Thunder lime oh, green uniform. So, gang. But he did, his, his hat still had its sticker on the brim. So uh, he was still gangster. keeping it 100 for all the hats uh, at home. Good. Keeping it a scene. He, uh, he mm. did have underneath the hat, though, like a bandana tie, yeah. not at the front, mm. but to the side a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. had a heap of, oh, of thumbtacks pressed in the, in the brim. So when he folded it back, it was a weapon. Oh, exactly. yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, you know what's even funny about that, Jake? I had a fucking cousin who actually did that. <laughs> that, that was his answer when we asked him why he had thumbtack jeans hat. So the votes were three to Sean Marsh, two to Usman, one to Nathan McAndrew, because fuck Alex Hales. Um, Dan Bark, John's medal was the Gold Coast shitty weather. Um, so the leaderboard for the Cam August medal as we sit around about the, I don't think we're halfway, I think we're about a third oh. or a little bit over a third. Ah, Jeez. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of fucking games. Oh. Um, so ah. leaderboard, Sean Marsh is at the top. Hey. He actually, he's actually, as of this game, he's also got the yellow cap. He's got the most runs oh, as well. Yeah, okay. oh. Yeah, we know what we're talking about, Dan. Yeah. and I get I get votes for runs because fucking that's where Likewise. that's where cricket's at. Okay. So Sean Marsh's got seven, Ben Hughes from the Sixers has yeah. got six votes. He's in second. Darcy Short from Hobart has five. Then we've got Oliver Davies from the Thunder, the Big Show from the Stars, Josh Philippe from the Sixers, and Kel Ferguson from the Thunder are all on four in equal oh. third. So, with the Jay Dernbach medal, um, Riley Russo leads with three votes because I've given him one vote for the game he got on his own and the two other votes yeah. were in the whole Renegades. Because he plays for the Renegades. Because <laughs> he, he, he was in those sides, so he gets a vote for that as well. So, Peter Siddle is second with two votes. The Renegades <laughs> as a whole are, are also equal second with two votes. <laughs> Colin Munro's got two votes from the Scorchers and Kimo Paul from Hobart has two two votes as well. So that is the BBL wrap for this portion of the season. So um have a drink of water, Mick. Yeah, get involved. So so next yeah, up what? on my agenda I've got involved letters. Ross's yarn. Apparently you got a yarn for us, Roscoe. I do. I just had a quick um I did a straw poll about the BBL from a few friends and most of them just said that uh, they don't really follow it, but it's good to have something on TV is like um background color and movement so uh, and no one made any comment about the rule changes so i don't reckon anyone knew about them <laughs> which is just um just interesting that's what people 
even those who are quite invested in test cricket, not really that invested in BBL. Are they all old cunts, Ross, that you've straw Oh, yeah, our age. Yeah. 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 That seems to be similar sort of viewpoint from people I've talked to that are around about our age. I wonder what like a 13-year-old kid would say. I don't mm. know. What do you mean our age? Pricks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30s. Yeah, you know, keep um, me out of it. <laughs> maybe if we're going to ask a fifteen-year-old, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I like the well, It's interesting because <laughs> I've got a got rid of the from the first one. Twelve-year-old nephew, so I might ask him what he thinks about it. Yeah, good idea, mate. And he likes playing cricket. He plays cricket with a club. Yeah, okay. Good on him. Anything else? He's also like drawing and colouring. Say, what am I supposed to do with that information? The Minecraft aficionado. I'll, just, I'll do a, a poll, a sample of one, and we'll yeah, find out if all 12-year-olds like it or not. We'll extrapolate some data. Okay. Yeah, so I had a yarn for you. This is a good one. A uh, little bit we'll first that it's done. Today's uh, 2nd of January. It's a public holiday in New Zealand because they're still celebrating, much like my neighbours down the road here. I think they're having a four-day bender for New Year's. <laughs> uh, they had the dance tracks on at uh, 9.30 this morning. Anyway, nice. yeah, it's good. Good to be home. All right. Uh, little known fact is that uh, in New South Wales, they actually don't celebrate New Year's Day until the 7th of January. It's a little bit like, <laughs> yeah, so a little bit like how we have Easter, Christian Easter, yes. and then, you know, there's Greek Orthodox Easter comes yeah. a week later. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's going on there. And it's Chinese even, New Year's. It's, Greek it's Orthodox e- New Year. It's, it's, that's it. And it's even rumoured that um, as of next summer, that the fact going to move the Sydney test just a little bit later and it's going to be Chinese New Year test match. Ah. <laughs> so it'll happen in mid-February. And the important thing is we've all been making the mistake of thinking that the, in New South Wales, they use the Gregorian calendar to work out New Year's Day, which is, you know, the one we use every day. But no, they use a lunar cycle calendar. That's why it moves all the time. Sometimes ah. it's the third, sometimes it's the fourth, sometimes the seventh. It's, so the Sydney test is based on lunar cycles. That's a little known fact. Not a lot of people know that. Always on a waxing moon or a waning moon? Well, it was actually, a, it was a blood moon last night if you were out driving your car at 11pm. Mm, <laughs> <it>. I did. <laughs> um, so that's good news because that means, you know, one moon cycle from now, uh, one half moon cycle, seven days away. So the same thing happens at Easter. There's a big red moon just a week before Easter. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, that's just a warm-up. So just get you in the mood for my, my full yarn that I was working on here. Pre-season right, so. yarn, we just went through guys. It's one of my New Year's resolutions was to tell more yarns. Because we've got the lunar cycle here, we need a hobby to get us through to the 7th of January. So mine has been yarn telling. So we're going to spin you one. Okay. Now, back in the day of the Cobb & Co coaches, you know, they were, they, um, the Cobb & Co coach uh, owner was a bloke called Billy Peaches McMahon. Tin off to his mates. Thought okay. his boy would be Cobb. No, no. Last day be Cobb. Cobb no, no, he, he bought the business off Cobb. Cobb was a drunk, and uh, he couldn't <laughs> handle the money Allegedly. side of things. Yeah, but Billy Peaches McMahon, he was um, he was a teetotaler, so he was fine. He could run the business properly, yep. um, and that's what you need in those days. You need the man who's a teetotaler to keep the books in check and the uh, wagon drivers on a tight leash. So he was a great lover of cricket and he set up um, an annual cricket match out on the gravel um, pitch with grass, only grass on the pitch, but the rest of the oval was gravel out, uh, out past um, Bongbari on the Unidata track where the Cobb and Co had their headquarters. Right. And it was the annual game between the coach builders against the coach drivers. Oh, fuck. Now, the, yeah, I know. But they, these guys, they didn't like those names. They're a big fan of herbs. So they actually went by the name of the Coriander Colts Cricket Club. That was the coach builders. And then they're the Cilantro Wild Brumbies. <laughs> the coach drivers. Why they chose that particular herb to name their teams after has been lost in the annals of time. Yeah. <laughs> so the day came. It was New Year's Day, January 11. 2004, <laughs> no, 1894, when they got together to have their game of cricket. Why was it on the 11th of January? That's because back in those days, Lunar that's cycle. when they celebrated New Year's Day, always <laughs> yeah. on the 11th. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Legs 11, yeah. New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a half public holiday that meant you only had to go to work from 6am till 4pm and then the cricket started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As was the habit of the time. 
Yes, and thirteen-year-old right. kids had the day off instead of working full time. Yeah, they they went. Yeah, the the mill the mill closed that day, and the mines the mines were shut too. Yeah, Barry's got a day off. That's it. And all the um, wait staff in the big houses they they finished up just after lunchtime. Yep. Yeah. Righty. So, so everyone got down now. This was unusual at the time because no one had white clothing, so they both wore brown because that's what they owned. And they all had RM William boots because Cobb was a good friend of RM, and he he kitted out the team in whole brown uniforms and RM William boots. Draws of bones. <laughs> yeah, and a Coopers. <laughs> that was like looking at a team of Matty Hayden commentators <laughs> out there playing a game of cricket. Did they wear their baggy Cobb and Co. driver hats <laughs> under their <coopers? laughs> They double stacked, as was the fashion <laughs> the of the time. Yes. <laughs> Peggy Browns. Yes, and everyone knows when you're a coach builder, you get given your um, your kit, your hammer, and your your shaver, and all that stuff, like for making spokes on a wheel. And in that comes a brown paper bag with your baggy brown in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, was the um, as was the habit of the time. They played um, 38 overs each, yep. and um, no one could bowl more than nine. Um, and of course the last over was 10 ball over and the keeper had to bowl the last four deliveries. The, uh, the coach builders were quite a, a dashing team and it ran up an enormous score of 18 off their 38 overs. They were led by Johnny Stonewall Peterson who made six of 113 balls <laughs> and he, he was ably supported by um, Simon Breezeblock Trelaw who made an entertaining eight of 145 balls. And the crowd was said to be in raptures when he pushed his third single for the match in the 19th over. Yeah. <clears throat> and, of course, the crowd that rolled in was an enormous crowd because it was the public holiday, and they each paid one penny to get in the gate, and all the gate takings went missing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for the coach builders, uh, that, that score posed no problems for the coach drivers. Because uh, at lunchtime, they all had a good old breeze up. Lunch actually went for two and a half hours, not much <laughs> dissimilar to modern times. And quite a large amount of alcohol was consumed during the lunch break. And when the coach builders came out to bowl, there was a hell of a lot of extras bowl. There was a lot of no balls and wides. And um, what happened right at the end there was it looked like that uh, the coach driver's famous opener, Don Gingerbread Man, would raise the famous... <laughs> 10, as they called it. Not ton, it was a 10, which was a big score in those days. Did he do um, the big windmill nunchuck thing that Ravi Deja does? <laughs> when he brought up the 10? Well, funny you should mention that because he'd been there, he was at nine not out of 136 balls and he'd been the anchor of the innings, yeah. uh, old Ginger. And he'd let the others bat around him. And so the score, in fact, they were up to... Um, 17 by the time he was ready <laughs> to hit the winning run. So he needed two to win and there was only one left for him to get his 10. And so, right. yes, the opposition captain, because they were good sports back in those days, walked over to the bowler and just said two words to him. Donkey drop. <laughs> <laughs> and so the obliging bowler came in and toss it up to a height that Tip Madsley would be proud of. It went twice the height of the tallest man on the field. <laughs> that was Cam Green. That was, yeah. it was very, it was extremely high. It went so high that it got up above the batsman eye line. And in fact, he had to tilt his head up to see where the ball was. It completely bamboozled his stroke play. And he, he thought, wow, here, here is manna from heaven. I must entertain the masses that have arrived here and paid their penny to come in and hit it with tremendous force as hard as he could now at the time the rule was you had to hit it over the grandstand to get a six yeah <laughs> but he just hit it through the fence which was one of those gas pipe post and rail yeah. type fitting fences and yeah. only scored the only four of the game and won the coach drivers a famous victory okay. that was the Cobb and Co coaches intra-club match of 1894. Good yarn and well spun. Thank you. Thanks, Roscoe. Yeah, that, 
No, well, I just like to say that was my segment, or as I like to call it, my half of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a podcast of two halves. One's BBL wrap up, and you'll be up. <laughs> I had and to just... complain that we didn't have anything long like the county wrap anymore, so that's yeah. why I brought back the yeah. BBL one. <laughs> All of the feedback is more like Click, click on, on the domestic Domestic season has been released. I forgot to mention this last time because I didn't come along. Shield finals on April the 15th, and they're only playing nine Shield games per team, not ten because they're stuffed up with the Vicks, or the Vicks stuffed up, one or the other. And the one-day final, they're playing seven games, which has been the same number they've played for the last four or five years. Seven one-day games with the one-day final on the last day of April, April the 30th this year. Hmm. Longest ever domestic cricket season in Australia, I'd say. Beautiful. All righty. Speaking of things that have been going longer than they should, this is the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. So we're going to wind it up here. So uh, thanks to our sponsors, the Frederick uh, Harold Sock Company. Yeah. Hit them up if you need socks. If you need socks on Valentine's Day or for the New Year's test in a week, hit them up for that. And, and hopefully um, Jesse accepts Ross's... Apology. Yeah. Apologize yeah. to our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, I sponsors we'll know next week whether we're still sponsored by them <laughs> or not. <laughs> All righty. With that, we will sign off. Let's go get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. See ya. Bye.